sort of the Just a Couple Dudes Jacked podcast. I'm your host, Eric Flatiger, and without us today is Frank Lewandowski or Anthony Cole, but that's okay because I have a special guest on today. His name is David Lowe, and I'm going to read this. This is a little bit about him from his, uh, from his website, but it says, uh, David Lowe is the founder of Quirky Coliving. Yes, Coliving, yeah. uh, Medical. He's a best-selling author of Blow It Up and, po- and a podcast host. David is the former founder of Uberpong, the British American entrepreneur has worked with Fortune 100 clients to elevate their brand, and he builds and helps people build brands. Right, David? That's right. Yeah, and thank uh, I just you. want to say thank you for thank you, thank you for going to the website. Firstly, yeah, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Thanks for coming on, man. Uh, we met on Instagram for people who are you know just listening to this. We met over Instagram. We kind of connected. Mm-hmm. I saw a bit of what he was doing. You can always kind of sense someone's energy when you start meeting. If it's going to be just this quick thing, or I'm like, hey, let's. So, David, if you want to give a little bit of a little intro about yourself and what you do. Yeah, so uh, originally from England, I moved across to Austin, Texas in 2012, and I launched my first startup, which was called Uberpong. We created custom ping pong paddles, which later went into custom ping pong balls and tables, and then we did celebrity ping pong tournaments with the LA Dodgers. And really, that was, yeah, kind of the, the baptism, baptism of fire after moving to the US and starting my entrepreneurial journey over here. So what made you get into ping pong paddles? Very good question. Yeah. Um, I, so I was working for a tech startup in London and they had the quintessential kind of startup you know, thing, which was the ping pong table. Yeah. And really just seeing a lot of colleagues playing on that. And then you know, we shared with another company um, on the same floor. And so they would come over and play. I realized very quickly like, that that ping pong was this kind of I call it a social glue. Then started to think, well, this game is, this game was invented in England, I think in 1896. It's a very very old game, but it hasn't it hadn't changed in so many years. And I was seeing all these people with different personalities playing with the same paddles, red and black paddles. It's kind of boring. So I thought, let's uh, let's change the face of the sport. Yeah, well, that's great, dude. And so then you you thought to come to Austin, Texas. The home of weird. Yeah, keep Austin weird. Although I think they, I know, right? there was a bit of a debate, wasn't there? They were, they'd stolen that from, from Portland. From Portland, yeah, they yeah. did. So, um, and of course, Portlandia came out, so yeah. Yeah. How old were you when you made that move? I was 32. 32, wow, man. That's, that's pretty brave. I mean, like, what kind of goes into the thought process of wanting to, to make that leap? Like, is there a sense of, I mean, obviously, there's always a sense of like, oh, what if it doesn't work out? But what, what was kind of going through your head when you decided to move forward with that? Well, I think the, the feeling in England was that it just wasn't quite working for me. And so I was prepared to trying a, another country. And America, for me, always represented the, the home of, of the entrepreneur. Yep. And I thought, you know, the American dream was, was you know, it was planted. The, the seed for the American dream was planted when I was probably about 13 years old. And I came to Orlando for the first time. And I just wow. thought, yeah, that, that's where I could kind of start out and, and launch my first kind of proper business. You know, I dabbled in the UK, uh, worked, got experience working for people and doing kind of side hustles, but it was very much like, you know, how can I, um, yeah, launch, uh, launch my entrepreneurial career. Yeah. Okay. So we talked about how you moved to the US, you started this ping pong business. So what you do from, from my like limited perspective into it is you build brands businesses, entrepreneurism, you know, there's a lot of people here, at least in America, that's all I, you know, I've been a little bit around the world, but my viewpoints through here, a lot of people have this entrepreneurial spirit, but they don't really go through with it. But you seem to have definitely gone through with a lot of these things. My question to you is like, what, what is it that drives that entrepreneurism for you? Do you, was there, or do you not know? And it's just like, it's just in me, you know? Do you know what? It's, for quite a long time, I was trying to kind of work out why I was going in this direction. And, you know, my dad was, my dad was a business owner. He took over a business like 30 odd years ago and ran it, but he hadn't launched that. So, and in my family, there's, there's not really that many, not too many entrepreneurs. And so I think it was the fact that, that I hadn't done great at school and I went to, you know, my parents had put me in a pretty good school. And so there was that feeling of like, I've, got to graduate here because I'm in school and actually mm. yeah I just well, I wasn't I wasn't the the best in the academic world let's say and I just kind of yeah kind of failed at school and so yeah. but a lot of teachers were saying like if you 
if you didn't pass, you didn't go to university, you're a failure. So I just thought this is a great, like if I can become really successful doing business and become, let's, you know, back then it was like, if I can become rich, it's like the ultimate kind of, I gotta be careful how I say this, but uh, yeah. yeah, for you sort of thing, it's the- Free of that rat the race. Teachers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, free of the rat race, free of the confines, the ability to be able to express myself in a kind of just, yeah, in a, in a very free way. So I'm quite creative. You know, I used to be, I used to write a lot of music and, and just write a lot of almost like poetry and short stories and stuff. So that's kind of the creative side of me. And then there's the business side where it's more like the numbers and, you know, running a business and so on and then getting teams together. So I think it's a, what I've tried to always do is, is kind of make business very creative, almost be like a creative entrepreneur. And, and anything I'm doing is like, that's the, the, the brand starts and the business is a blank canvas. And then gradually it start you know, the painting starts appearing on the, on the canvas. So, yeah. So um, how did you see, so you started Uber Pong, you, you ran with it for a while. How did you segue out of that? What was the move to get into something else? Well, you know, I'd hit about five years and I, and I just thought for my first business, this was, I'd taken this pretty far, like mm-hmm. as far as I could with, Real like almost on my own, but with a single employee and like a few advisors. And I just thought this is like the right time to exit, pivot, you know, go into to another business. And I thought it would be like it's a big confidence boost if you can grow something big and then sell it. It took a while. It took about a year to sell it, but the patience paid off. And I could I could exit exit that business really successfully. After that it was you know, I was looking at, at launching this co-living brand called Quirky and kind of took it pretty far into the, you know, the research phase and right through to doing the three architectural drawings with, with an architect. And then really having got everything lined up, like team and some financing and so on. Uh, and I was looking to launch this in tier one in Mexico, cor- coronavirus hit. And so it's kind of like, <sighs> oh, time out, <laughs> pause, the pause button had to be smacked. And then like as an entrepreneur, you kind of like if, you know, I panicked. I was like, like I suppose a lot of the world did. Yeah. Uh, what is it? 30 million, Ameri- 30 million Americans out of work. So out of work, yep. it's, it's, it's a big deal. And so but luckily, I guess just by networking and being around other entrepreneurial people, I could, like I was, I'd, I'd sort of accidentally position myself to be a co-founder in a, in a PPE startup and PPE stands for personal protective equipment and so there's this huge shortage in the U.S. with um, mm-hmm. like for face masks and sanitizer, anything that's that's gonna yeah. allow us to be coronavirus free. And so it was just a very like fortunate kind of pivot yeah. into that into Guardian Medical, which is is the startup I'm in now as co-founder and CMO. See, that's the cool thing, man. I hear someone like you talk, and I, I hear how one thing led to another to another, and you know what I mean. You because you're fully immersed in the process of what you do. And I think a lot of people get scared to leave a job. Now, there's a ton of people, they're great at just working somewhere for 15 years, 20 years, they put in their time, they're okay with that. But I think a lot of people are very, you know, they're tired of working that same job or they're bored with it, but they're afraid, right? But I think like what you're saying is when you fully immerse in it and you go for it, other, other opportunities come to us. I guess the question for me for you would be is like, so you build, you're helping people to build brands. You, you have blow it up. Can you kind of talk about blow it up and what that means to people or what it should mean to people? Yeah. So I came out of, came out of, out of Uber Pong and I had just a lot of, let's say a lot of content. So I started blogging about it and talking to people about it and, and helping, I guess, advise entrepreneurs and, and founders as to, you know, about my entrepreneurial journey. And then I just, you know, a few people were like, you got to put this in a book. And I, I just thought, you know, yeah, I've written before, but the whole self-publishing thing, it's, it's, could that distract me from, from what I'm doing? And for about, probably it took about a year because, you know, it's my first one and it's, it's a new, again, it's a learning, steep learning curve. And then you've got to find someone to help you publish it and design it and so on. But I ended up going through Amazon uh, Kindle Direct Publishing. And so, yeah, Blow It Up is the, is the first I've actually got a I never I never do this but uh here's oh, a here's cool. a kind of yeah, a little copy there yeah so blow it up uh, 21 ways your startup can shake up an industry and change the world it was a very cathartic experience because it's kind of you're having to go almost deep into your soul to kind of pull out all these you know all this information knowing that it, it can help future entrepreneurs I'm really proud of it like it's it's oh, I'm proud of the it. way it looks I'm proud with the way like the content that's in there 
but like I said, yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was a good experience for me because it was, it was kind of getting a lot of this content, like sort of outside of my, outside my head and putting it down like into a, into media, if you like. Into yeah. A book. So you want to, you really want to help people. Yeah. So yeah. for example, when I came across the U S and you know, I didn't know anybody and it was like, how do I get this off the ground? Do I go to the banks? Do I go to friends and or make friends and try and find some money through them, you know, in, try and find investors. And I, and I found a crowdfunding website called Kickstarter and I raised th- uh, uh, $10,000 in 30 days wow. and could launch that. So there's a lot of just, I mean, that alone is, is a chapter, but you know, I've done, I've done like whole interviews on a podcast before about just about that, that whole experience and like going through every step to, to help people. And so, that's just one little thing. And then, you know, how to incorporate, how to build a team, how to launch the product, focus on the product design and so on, how to market it and, and going through the whole startup life cycle so that by the end of the book, you've seen how I kind of thought of the idea in England, moved across the US to launch it to Austin, mm-hmm. Texas, and then ended up selling it in San Diego, California. Oh, wow. <laughs> like the, whole, the whole life cycle. Yeah, the whole spectrum there, man. Yeah, yeah, that's the because there's a lot of books thing. with different set, different kind of um, focal points. So it could be a book on marketing or a book on sales. It's like okay, but you kind of get a sense sometimes that they're really they're really you know drawing that out to just fill the pages. Yeah, yeah. Or it's too specific, you know. So I thought let's just put it all into one book so that you can reference marketing, you can reference all the different kind of um, disciplines. Yeah. Well, Hey man, I really want to get that book because, uh, and I, I apologize for not already having it because, uh, I mean, we, we clicked on Instagram and instantly kind of got this set up. So, um, but that would be great even for someone who's just a podcaster like myself. Right. But, but the podcast is still a brand. It's still something I want to make a business. It's, you know what I mean? So, and I think a lot of people want to do that. Here's, here's the thing, right? So I'm, I'm on this podcast right now. We, we literally met what, like a few days ago Yeah. and Let's say in, I, I don't know, let's say in maybe a year of, or let's say a few years, because it, there's a lot of competition out there in the entrepreneurial world. But let's say, yep. let's say within five years, you could be, what's he called? Um, is it Joe Rogan? The, yeah, Joe Rogan. <laughs> I always, always want to say Seth Rogan, but he's, yeah. he's the actor. But yeah, Joe Rogan's just done a deal with Spotify, some exclusive deal. So he, he's like, you know, big, big podcaster. But let's say within five years, Eric Flanagan could be, you could, you could be in that position. Do you know what I mean? There's nothing stopping mm-hmm. you. Yeah, yeah. So this is this is like about. you're starting and learning and stuff. Maybe you be blown up and it and it helps you. Maybe you, you find the right mentors and so on the right team. Like it, there's nothing stopping. The only thing stopping you is you. Yes, I and I love that because there's so many people who you know you you say like yeah I have a podcast I started one or you know and a lot of people are like oh well you know so does everyone else it's oversaturated it's this it's that. And even, you know, even people close to me, they're like, Hey, you got to keep in mind that, you know, 98% of them fail. And I'm thinking, I'm like, okay, that's one way to look at it. And it's true. A lot of them don't, aren't going to be some successful business, but of that 98% you're talking about, I would say 90 to 95% of them, it's just a, a passive hobby. They're not really into it. They don't have staying power. So I'm not battling 90% of people. I'm battling just that, that last little five to 7%, you know what I mean? And then, like you said, I'm the only person who's stopping me, you know, yeah. you, can, you can go out and, and hustle and get and build your audience and, and meet people and network, or you can sit back and, and treat it. You know, it's like the gym, right? You can get in good shape if you really want to, or you can make up the excuses, sit back and, and not really do much and be like, well, you know, if I do a few things here or there, you know what I mean? Like it doesn't go anywhere but you're the one, you're the engine behind it. And so I, I love that. Yeah. That's why I really want to, that's why I loved that it was called blow it up. That's one of the things I saw on your Instagram. I was like, that's really catchy. And I noticed when I, just when I was looking at your website, it was like, you know, step, one of the steps is like, get a good grasping, you know, thing, name, topic, brand. And I'm like, blow it up. That's cause that's what we're all trying to do. Right. We're all trying to take what we have, our creative endeavor and blow it up, make it something. That's it. That's it. You, you hit on, I think you said before and just, what you're saying um there's a lot of people who especially now you know there's a lot of people fearing losing their jobs and and in the corporate world for example the biggest the biggest fear for me is going back to that you know what i mean like that i'm the it's literally the polar opposite like what drives me to to write this book to do 
uh, Guardian Medical to do Uber Palm uh, to try and get quirky going. It's, um, it's that fear that if I don't push it, I'm going to go, I'm going to have to go back and work for yeah. someone and do the thing and then get into a job that I, that I hate. And I'm going to start looking forward to the weekends and start saying like, happy Friday. Cause it's like the end of the week. I can't wait to get to the weekend. Yeah. You know, I, I, I sometimes, I sometimes I've started saying this more now, but it's cause it's again, I'm passionate about it, but it's, if you're in a, if you're in a company where, you know, people are constantly saying things like I got a case of the Mondays, happy Hyundai, or it's hump day or happy Friday, like get out of there. Like that's just that, that environment. It's toxic, man. Cause every, everyone's focusing on the weekend. They're all focusing on getting out of the job they hate and don't, don't be in that environment. No. Don't start a company and, and allow those expressions to come in because it's, yeah, it's all about the weekend. You should be, it should be happy every day, not happy. What, you know, Friday should be Two happy every day. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I've worked for and Monday. Should, you know, mo- like, it's Monday morning now. Yeah. <laughs> in fact, it's Memorial Day. It's just Memorial Day. Yeah. Everyone's take everyone's taking a day off because again, they have your jobs. Um, or the other obviously respect the day. Um, could be that as well. But as much as anything, it's at, like we're on this. We're doing this right because we love it. Yeah. Otherwise, we'd be on the beach doing yep. something else. Like I love this. I love I love the fact that that you've. I appreciate you getting me on. I love the fact that I'm supporting your show and yeah. we're, we're supporting each other as well. And it's just, this is it, man. This is it. I'd, be, this, exactly. I'd rather this, be nowhere else. Yes. This is exactly what, and, and when I you know, was doing the podcast, when I've done it with other people, I was like, this is exactly what I want. This is what makes me feel passionate about it. And some people tell me, they're like, yeah, but you're working so hard on it. See, Eric, anything can become, you can make it work. And I was like, yeah, but when I'm working on it, when I'm recording and then when I'm editing, like, I, I can see the growth and I can make a connection and, and it's tangible and I, and it's, it's mine, but it's yours. And we're sharing in this space. Whereas I go to my a job, I'm like, you're just trading time for money. There's yep. no, there's no creative endeavor. There's not, you're growing something. There's not this, this shared cool experience. It's you're just trading time for some money and, and that's it. It just ends there. And well, you've sat in a room with, with let's say the boss or the, the director, whoever's hiring you. And you're applying for a very specific job, let's say. Mm-hmm. And then, so you then tell them why you are perfect for that specific job. <laughs> they don't want to hear that you're entrepreneurial and you can do all these other things and you can bring values to like all the other departments. They just care that you're good at, you know, whatever yeah. it is. I know, one man. thing. I was thinking <laughs> about that uh, recently too, because at, at my job, We've done some interviews for some positions. I work at a high school. I'm a, I'm working school administration. I'm the dean of students there. Um, and like I had told you before, I was like, it's a good job. But, you know, people, people look at that and they could go, yeah, I got a good job. And it just ends there. And I'm like, well, no, like, yeah, it's a good job for now while I'm doing this other thing. But imagine how much better it could be if I did pursue these other things I have, you know. And so as we're doing some interviews, I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, gosh, these questions are so crazy because it's like, like, I'm not asking, I don't want to know anything about this person's passion or their creative side or all these things about them. All we want to know is these very, like you said, job specific, like, give me a reason. Tell me a time when you handle this, you know, and it's like, it's so silly. I'm like, we're not, we're not really getting to know people. We just want to know like how good they can do this very specific job and that they don't really want to do, you know, they're just, they're saying what they feel like they need to say to get this job, you know, and it's, it's such a funny world we live in in that corporatized world you know he eric you just reminded me me of a, a little situation in um in austin texas so so i used to go to a lot a lot of networking events like mm-hmm. really hustle i used to do i don't know like four or five a week wow. and i'd be at these things and i'd go up to quite a lot of people and say hey what's you know what's your name what do you do so on and or what brings you here and they'd say they give me the card and they go, I'm just an engineer at Dell. <laughs> yeah. I can't tell you how many times I heard that in a very kind of def- almost defeated way. They just like, I'm just an engineer at Dell. <laughs> and I just thought, and that, that line, I mean, sorry, Dell. Uh, yeah. But if, again, if, if, someone, if someone's working for me in the future and they go out to a networking event and they say, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm just, uh, just a work, you know, I don't know, just an engineer at Guardian Medical, whatever. I'm just a salesman at Guardian Medical. It's, 
I'm not, I'm not doing, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. doing a disservice exactly. to on, the entrepreneurial community and to the workforce, let's say. I mean, that, that line inspired me to do more because, yeah, if, if, if that's how you feel, if that's how, how, how enthused you are about what you're doing, yeah, you're in trouble. Yeah, and my advice to a lot of people is like, you never know what will happen. You, you, I know what will happen if you do nothing. Nothing. You won't grow. You won't go anywhere. You could try this thing. Like I've, I've had a different podcast before and it failed, you know, but I learned so much. I, I learned what not to do. I learned what to do. And then even just the creative process of building this one, I've seen its ups and downs and kind of made some mistakes here and there. And it's, it's just an ever creative process where you're, you know, you're learning from your mistakes, but you you also can see like what does work and that excites you. Um, and then I get to meet amazing people like yourself, someone who, who has so much experience and I can take a little piece from this conversation and, and push it forward and I can take your book and, and kind of learn from there. And then maybe there's something that we talk about that, that gives you another idea, you know? And uh, recently I was actually filling out an application for um, some funding from, from a podcast funding. And a lot of people are like, yeah, I mean, those, you know, it's really hard to get funded by them. You know, they have a really intense uh, application process and I, I've seen that, but I was like, Hey, even if they, I get nothing from them, the cool part is these questions forced me to think of the business model and the podcast in a whole new way. And it was so good for my own growth. So in a way they did help me. If I didn't get a dollar from them, it's fine because I was forced to think about these things I wasn't thinking about. That's a really good, that's a great exercise that you've, you've kind of uh, gone, you know, experienced that because yeah, if you, if you think about it, it's a lot of people doing jobs and that's, that's the, uh, yeah, they're getting the paycheck and then they're doing, let's say hobbies on the side. So it could be guitar, it could be watching movies, whatever, but there's a lot of hobbyist podcasters as well. And so you've, you've kind of gone, that state of mind has taken you from hobbyist to let's say pro. And so you're now thinking, like, how can I monetize this? Because down the line, like, if, especially if you're looking for funding or for partners, sponsors, they're going to ask you that question, aren't they? Like, how many, how many uh, subscribers, listeners, uh, how many yeah, downloads, whatever? Uh, what, what countries are you in? What's your demographic and so on? So you've yeah. got to know all that if you're ever looking to expand this. So I think it's great if you can be doing that very early yeah. on. And yeah. I can see now, like, you've... You know, even even just on Zoom, I can see you've got like one of those mic stands and a studio style setup there. Really, you got the headphone, you got the cans on the headphones, yeah. big old headphones, which are great. Yeah. And so it's so immediately like you got you look like you got pro gear, and the way that you're conducting this is pro. So it's you know it's yeah, yeah, it's it's there, it's right? Good. And and so a lot of people too. You know, because you always feel more pressed by the, the haters or the people with criticisms, you know, that always stands out the most. And but it's good, too, because it's made me reflect and think. But I also think the same thing. I'm like, you know, all those other things like marketing and, and all those little intricate parts that are very important. You know, those don't matter if you can't if you don't have the, the willpower, the energy and the talent. Right. So if you have those core bones, you can build something you all those things will come with it um and and it's funny because i'm like gosh i feel like I, I could get a job in marketing after trying to market your own your own thing by yourself because i'm like i'm trying to learn everything on the fly and i'm trying to do all this stuff and uh yeah i do i appreciate that that feedback from you man i really appreciate that um hey welcome yeah and so to kind of get back into blow it up um so people so you, you want to help people build their brands, right? Yes. And you can do that because you've done it. Yeah. So what, what's your, what are you currently working on now that's, that's helping people? Or like, what are you using to, as that platform? So you have the book. What else can people find? Well, I, I kind of did a spinoff podcast. And yeah. the, really the first few episodes, it was, it was really learning what platform to use. Mm. And then just practice like get in like like this like get in front start with um almost like headphone mics or the headphone mic and then graduate to this kind of you know studio mic with the pop shield and just just learn about how to record it as well so at first i could see that like i used anchor so you could go straight through anchor and just record literally through 
you know, the phone and headphone. You can. Um, and then you you start thinking, well, how do I how do I add the soundtrack? How do I adjust the levels? And you and then I learned about Audacity, and so started experimenting with that. And a few years back, I did sound recording. So I'm really passionate about kind of music and you know how to like the whole the whole idea of podcasts like is just great. Like it's it's so good because you can you can do so much like you can you can perfect the sound you can edit out the ums and ahs because i i i'm guilty <laughs> and, uh, all the time throw in and uh throw in a few too many years you can compress you know if people you know the if it distorts a little bit and so on you can use different mics as i've said and it's just the whole world that that i've been learning about and so i've really started out doing blow the blow it up podcast as a way to it, almost like a cross between a podcast and an, an audio book. Cause I, I, I released it blow it up as a, as a paperback and ebook edition, but I mm-hmm. didn't do the audio book that that's to come. And I thought, well, the podcast can actually serve as practice. And it's so good. I started just literally reading out chapters from the book, which kind of became teasers, if you like, for people who would listen to it and then wanted to buy the yeah. book. So, and, and then I started to, kind of take podcasts that are done and put those on blood podcast. So there's a way to obviously show that I've been on podcasts, but there's a way to expose the, the podcast I've been on and give them a plug. And yeah. now I'm looking for guests to be on, which is kind of like the next iteration. So, you know, a lot, it, I would say it's, it's taken, it's almost on like it's third iteration, but now it's like, okay, yeah, blow it up can help. You know, I can, I can talk, in a sort of monologue and say, this is what you're going to do, but that's kind of the book is better for that. Whereas blow it up is kind of getting people to be inspired through audio rather than text. And so, so yeah. So very soon there'll be kind of like the, the, the most remarkable inspiring entrepreneurs are going to be coming on from all over the place, from all over the world in every, every industry. It's not just going to be tech, tech entrepreneurs because I'm in California. Yeah, and, right. I know. <laughs> and I'm excited. I'm excited because I'm yeah. I'm ultimately going to be you know promoting them, but I'm going to be le- like you just said before. I'm going to be learning a lot from them, and then it's like you're expanding your network, and you never know who's going to come knocking and say, "Hey, let's let's do a co- co- um, collaboration." Yeah, you never know, and that that's been the best thing about social media for, for me and doing the podcast because then I meet people, and then I get I've gotten guests from other guests. Um, and so, and, and what you said about uh, doing the audio book and with your podcast and whatnot too, we had this guest on, um, quick plug, shout out to Derek McCormick. He was the author of this book called Tea Time with the Reaper. And his, his first episode he did of the podcast was a reading of, the, of his book. And so I didn't even, I kind of didn't put two and two together until I got the book afterwards. And I listened to his first episode and it was about an hour because it's a, it's a pretty short read. It's a good read. Uh, I think it's a little over an hour and he, I read the whole, I listened to him read the whole book and uh, it was, it was great. And then I went back and, you know, when you're reading it, it kind of, it puts his voice in your head too. And I love that whole experience. Um, but yeah, that is, that is a good way to, uh, to do it. I like that. And I, I think with podcasting too, brands are, is great branding and marketing and all the cool stuff is, is really cool, but it, it puts you and your personality into it. And I think that helps people to then want to buy into what you have to say or to buy your book, your product, what you can do for them, you know, cause it gets them more familiar with, with you. Definitely. This, this, this comes back to, you know, branding, but also crucially personal branding, right? Mm. I mean, this is kind of the ultimate personal branding yeah. platform. Yep. Cause look at, look at who, like, again, I mentioned Rogan before, but it's, yeah. you're getting individuals who are kind of being elevated to, you know, very successful levels, Mm -hmm. vast amounts of money. Not that it's still not just about money, but let's, let's yeah, success money and getting deals, sponsorship deals and so on. And and it's really just the individual. I mean, yeah, they get it. You know, they're interviewing other, other people, but the show, the core show is, is essentially a personal brand. And if you look online at the moment, the people who are doing well and getting all the retweets and the, you know, the shout outs, there's, there's a lot of, I don't have to mention any, but cause you know, you know, you probably 
encountered quite a few, yeah. but it's, they're using, they're leveraging TikTok, they're leveraging Instagram, they're leveraging social channels to elevate their personal brand. And they may have a brand behind them as well, but in many cases, it's the personal brand that's, that's coming through and they're just kind of leveraging to, uh, to get to that, that level of success. And then it's kind of like you've built, by doing that, you can then attract more fans and just, and as long as you've got that engagement on social, that's key. Because you see yeah. this, like, I got to say this, but think of Shark Tank, right? Shark Tank came on Big Show. These, the, the sharks, and again, no names mentioned, but the sharks, they're not very approachable. <laughs> that's no. because it's called Shark Tank and that sharks. Yeah. And you fear them. But you send, right now, send any, any one of those um, sharks on Shark Tank a tweet, you won't get a reply. Nope. No you know way. what I mean? You, never, you will never get a reply. Because it's all one way. It's all one way traffic. Yeah, that's they're like, pushing. They're pushing motivational tweets in your direction, and and really, what they want you to do is just see it and kind of mentally register that that's a Shark Tank, and then you watch Shark Tank. That's really what it is. Mm. Or you buy, you know, maybe to buy the, you buy the books. Yeah. But there's no conversation. Where's the conversation? Like Twitter's about conversation. It's two way. Yeah. Even even Instagram, like you post. And then someone comments, reply, like it's kind of basic. If someone's taking the efforts to compliment you on your photo or whatever it is, like reply, it's just kind of courtesy, isn't it? Yeah, it it's is. Simple it... courtesy. And, it, and it's appreciating that you've got followers and appreciating your fans versus just sitting back and going like, bring it on. <laughs> yeah. Me, me, me. Follow me. My Social stuff. media. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Oh yeah, that's true. It's true. And that's why, you know, and it's, it's tough too, but I think that's how you build it in the, in the proper way is when you, you engage with people and you talk to them and you, you start a conversation. It's not just like, Hey, follow for follow. Cool. Follow for follow. Cool. And you're just in it, Then it's like, okay, you have all these people who follow you, but you have zero organic relationship with any of them. You don't know. I mean, I can honestly say like 99% or something of the people that follow, you know, the just a couple dudes podcast. I've had some kind of, I'll call it even a micro conversation. I've had some kind of an interaction with every single person, you know, because I just think that's the best way because, and then on top of that, if we're just talking, you know, branding or marketing wise, I feel like they're more likely to then want to actually engage with you and listen to you or, you know, they, it's more just, uh, I don't even know what the right word is for it other than like organic or genuine. I guess that's what it is. It's way more genuine than just like, yeah, like I just got a hundred followers, you know, cause I, I bought it or something, you know, and I see that all the time too. I see people with like a lot of followers, but I'm like, you have no engagement. Like no one comments on these photos or videos or no one likes them. Like, are these even real or are they bots? Like, mate, mate, influences. Yeah. Influences in it, like on Instagram, especially their, their websites, very easy to find this, but their websites go on the websites, put the username in and you can find out the engagement rate. So if yeah. you see anybody with 100,000 followers and maybe you wanna connect with them because you wanna promote your product through them or do a collab, yeah. just go on a number of websites, find out their engagement rate, and you'll see with many of them, but you know, like you know they've bought the likes, or the, bought the followers, sorry, yep. because they'll have 100,000 followers, very few likes, and the engagement rate is like 0.5 to 1%. Yeah, that's crazy. It's like, what's and the point? Immediately, of- you know that those people are not followers. They're not followed. They're not following them actively. Yeah. They're just bought. They're bought from overseas, probably. So it's yeah. kind of like this. It's a shell. They are a shell. Yeah. And so I think this is this goes back to a conversation I had on a podcast recently, where talking about um, customer service in America, right? Segway that to personal branding. If you can have great customer service or great engagement with your followers and make them feel kind of special almost but not like make them realize that they're there but they're important and that either you can help them or in many ways they can help you then yeah make the effort like it's not difficult it's yeah. really not difficult it's like the, it's just it's ego i think in many ways there's, there's a lot of people with huge egos and they're like i'm the personal brand and this is my follower and it's a hierarchical thing yeah don't do that. Yeah, it was really cool. Just I just don't, yeah. It's I had a waste guy, of time. 
I had a guy message us um, just, I think it was two days ago. Uh, he listened to one of the episodes that we had just put out and he sent me like a 30 <coughs> video, just thanking, just being like, Hey, I just listened. I just followed you guys. I really like this episode. I like what you said on this. And it was this really nice message he sent and he, but he decided to record himself to send it in, to our DMS. And it, it actually made me feel not just good because he was complimenting, but good because I'm like, wow, this guy, this is a personal connection. So, I, you know, we responded with a video back to him, just kind of thanking him. And now, you know, we're in the process of potentially doing a, a collaboration together because he has a podcast as well. And I was like, that's what this is about. It's not about that shell of I'm here, you're here, you know, weird celebrity influencer status. It's about creating good connections because I think that's better business, right? To have people who, who want to help it's, you. Yeah. And I think it, it, it's, um, I, I'm trying to think of the word. It's just, it's kind of like a sustainable model. There's yeah. longevity. There's longevity. That's what's true. That's, the that's word. good. So if you've got, if you start, like if you literally start grassroots and those first followers are with you in five years and you're as close as you were from day one, you will, I just, you will be, you will be, better you'll be further let's say in your journey yeah. or you'll be more successful after say five years if you adopt that practice than if you just every follower that comes through it's like great yeah. i just hit five thousand followers two thousand whatever like it's there there that literally is like you're saying they're a number right yeah they're a number not a person um now i i have to say not that i'm being hypocritical but a few like a while back I was doing that. Like I was guilty of doing that because not because it was like, I was stressing people remember it was like, I was seeing, I was essentially copying what a lot of people were doing who were at a higher level. So I thought, yeah. well, if that's working for them, I'm going to highlight that number. But then it, it was like, it dawned on me that I'm, yeah, I'm making it about the, they're a number. And grouping them and then it's like yeah. that whole thing isn't it you're just a number it's like it's not good <laughs> yeah i know have you ever noticed I, I had this weird thought i've seen people who who are like you know they're fairly whatever successful on uh instagram for example and they have a very aesthetic looking page and they have a couple thousand people who follow them but it's like let me sell you social media instagram branding this is how to do it and it's got to be done in this very specific way and you got to do this and all these weird things but then I look at like Gary Vee or Joe Rogan, or I look at people who have really built something massive and I'm like, well, they don't do that. And they're like re actually really successful. And there's all these people who I think are just, I don't want to say that they're fake. I don't know what it is. I don't know what to call it, but it's, it doesn't seem as genuine when there's all these rules to it. You know? Well, well, I think, I think going back to your point, they, they do it. They definitely do it, but they just do it in a, in a subtle, in a more subtle way. Hmm. Yeah. So it's the whole, um, what is it? Jab, jab, hook, the jab, jab, hook thing. True, so yeah. it's, it's two posts that are useful and maybe it's an infographic or it's a tool. I don't know. And then the, then that product like wine or sneakers, whatever it is. Like, so it's, mm. it's definitely like, it's absolutely there, yeah. but it's just a bit more like, I said, yeah. It's a bit true. More and, uh, you mentioned a, a word a couple times. So you, you said hustle, you know, and so, uh, and also when I bring up Gary Vee, I think about a lot of stuff that he talks about and people have asked him, I'm sure you're familiar with Gary Vaynerchuk, right? Um, Never heard of it. Yeah. Right. Um, so <laughs> Everyone, people ask everyone's, him, everyone's listening going, what? What? I know. <laughs> and so this, people, this ignorant will ask him. Guy. I know <laughs> people will ask him, they'll be like, yeah, well I started this thing or I try to start this brand or business. And then, you know, it wasn't picking up traction and he's like, all right, well, you know, how long did you work on it? You know, and they'll be like five months, six months, and he's like, shut up. Like, are you kidding me? And so you mentioned hustle. So what do you tell people or what would you, what kind of advice would you give people who are like just around that topic of like, how long are you going to be in a dark dungeon building something before it comes to light and you have some, I hate to use the word success because it's so all over the place, but you know, some good, uh, not just feedback, but you get traction going with it, you know? So, so, sorry, you just cut out. So the, the question one more time is just how, okay. how long to get it. Yeah. Like, so how long, you know, and how long should people stick with something and hustle, you know, and try and build their business, you know, how, or at least can you just speak to 
that phenomena of people starting and stopping too early? Well, I think the, the, there are so many different kind of forms of, of entrepreneurship, if you like. And the, I guess the classic is you, the classic way, and it's sort of the way that I got into it is, you know, I'm, I was working for people and I got very frustrated and I wanted to essentially make my mark, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> I wanted to make my mark. And my bosses were saying, you know, it's kind of like just sort of shushing me and kind of saying, get back to work, you know, we'll, we'll, or, you know, drop me an email, we'll get around to that. At some point, it never happened. It doesn't matter how hard you push it. And so that frustration starts to kind of, you know, grow and, and you just, you start hitting a boiling point. And for me, it was like, I, like I have to leave this environment. I have to, yeah. I have to start at the bottom and just, and get out of this. And, mm. and really, excuse me. And really it was like, I was very, very happy in a way. And it, and it's very humbling for a lot of people. Like if you come out, if you come out of college with, and you've done well and you, maybe you've got an MBA mm. and you know, you, you've, put a lot of a lot of money i mean really you can say it, especially the u.s only the u.s you you're in this huge debt and huge hole almost you get like there's a lot of people with egos coming out of coming out of college thinking that you know oh, that's yeah. it. and it's just look at me it's like really they're they're just the same like every mba is the same there's no no, no one no one's um there's no real key differentiator and so yeah i think it's um, I don't know. It's I, I just I just lost my train of thought there because I I had like a billion. Yeah, and, I know. Um, I, but I think people, you know, I think they start something. You know, they want to have a business. They want to build a brand. You know, they they quickly get frustrated and then they're like, I'm done with it. Yeah, I think it's it, it's yeah, it's that frustration. So you come away from said corporate world. You, you maybe start something on the side and it doesn't work immediately. Mm. And then, but you've always got that, that safety net. And yeah. so you go back, you just go back. Yeah. You go back to where it's safe. Right. Yeah. There's a check every two weeks. <laughs> yeah. People, people, it's kind of like this, the survival instinct, right? Your yeah. brain takes you where it's safe. And I know it's, it's, um, say, I kind of used, I used to use this on all my social profiles, but safe is risky like that. Yeah. That was, uh, that was kind of like my favorite line for a while and probably still is, um, just safe is risky. Like if you're not feeling as if you're stretching yourself every day, you do you're doing something wrong and, or maybe you're drifting back to that safety, you know, the safety net and the safe zone and back into something that will not be fulfilling and not enrich your life. And so how, but how long should you, should you give it? I mean, it, it's a really tough question because it all depends. It depends on so many variables. Like what have you got? Like how much energy, like, how much gas have you got in the tank? How much capital have you got saved? You know, cause it's very easy to watch a documentary or, or listen to podcasts. And someone says, you know, I put every penny into, it's a classic, isn't it? I put every penny into my business and lived in my car for a bit and, and became a millionaire. In a few yeah, years. Yeah. But if you, tr- if you, copy that exact model this is a danger in a way if you copy that model like step by step you're gonna be yeah you might make no money you'll lose a lot of money and you'll be sleeping in your car like exactly. which is not very enticing yeah and so it, it's just a really it's a tough one it's a it's a really tough one um, yeah i'd say with like like with uber pong it, it started and it was a six like it just it was like this it was the hockey stick it just went like that. the whole thing was like that but not every business is going to be like that. No. And actually one, one project, which I, I haven't, like, I just haven't talked about it because it's kind of there on, on LinkedIn, but it's just this little, almost like blip is called, it was called Calogy. And this was just, it was essentially an allergy calendar. Um, so you could be, wherever you were, you could access like the city and you could see exactly what was in the air at that moment. And then it would link to products that you could buy to alleviate your allergies. Right. Cause wow. I lived in Austin for five years and, the allergies in the air were crazy. I was, I was allergic to everything. I was sneezing all the time, yeah. dragging myself through the day. And I needed more energy. So, so that was the inspiration for Calogy. And Dang. I was ready to go for it. Like after Ubercon, I was like, this is, this is a good idea. It's drifting into tech. It's a good space. Let's go for it. And 
you know, I got a, I got a, a CTO, sort of co-founder, and after about a week and putting on Product Hunt, he, he just, he, he kind of jumped ship. Yeah. <laughs> and said, like, it's not got traction after a week. I'm, I, can't, I can't commit to this project. And I was yeah. like, after a week? Yeah, you're like, damn, bro. <laughs> <laughs> a week. I mean, and I, and again, you know, I, like entrepreneurs, you've got to have thick skin and oh, give it yeah. a go and be kind of tough. But if you, if you're jumping ship after a week, I mean, it was, a, it was very disappointing. And so because and, of that, I couldn't continue with the project. So yeah, that was, that was like a, a tough one. So I would say like <laughs> baseline rule, don't jump ship after a week. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, that's good. I think it's about having more to answer that question. That is a tough question to ask to tell people like when or when to not stop. I think it's more about the mindset. You know, it's like have that mindset of don't jump ship after a week, but also don't, you know, if you've only done like, let's say you want to start a YouTube channel and I'm going to do this and that. Um, and you do like eight videos and you're like, I only got, you know, 30 views. It's like, well, you did eight videos. Why should you get more? You know, it's like, do, do a hundred and then stop. You know, it's, a, it's a mentality. <coughs> We're also in the kind of age of instant gratification. So exactly where we have been programmed by really Facebook initially, where it's like the, the little red icon, the little red oh. one comes up saying new message and it's the dopamine hit. You go check it out, yeah. look at the message and so on. And then you keep going back. And when it's not there, you're trying to get that to happen again. Mm, yeah. It's kind of sad. But it's the way, the way it is. And I think, you know, with, um, with yeah just anything we're doing it's it's just yeah we're trying to it's like trying to get away from that instant gratification let's say yeah you gotta look at it i was gonna say you gotta look at it like a marathon yeah yeah it's really yeah it's being it's being patient because there's plenty of people like look at bands and directors like there's plenty of people who've you know they've got to yes it's like five years ten years i mean it's, it's the classic line isn't it the after 10 years, it became an overnight success. Yeah, I know. I, that's the one I love is like people don't know the, the just the deep underlying work that people do. Like we we're talking about Gary Vaynerchuk. It's like, I think a lot of people now, I mean, they, they probably know about his whole wine stuff, but like the dude made 200 wine vlog videos before he did anything else, you know, or worked, worked his face off. And that's, that's the whole, that's the whole point. Um, yeah, man, I really, I think what you're doing is really cool. I think it's really helpful for people to for, to hear that voice and also be able to have access to a book or an ebook or listen to a podcast where they can get that. Because even for me to start a podcast, even I was like, where do I start? What, like, how do I even do this? And I'm sure for businesses, it's no different for any kind of business. It's like, what do I, where do I start? Absolutely, and I, I think it's it's very important to to kind of surround yourself with with people doing similar a similar thing to you so that you can kind of bounce ideas off them and kind of perfect your craft if you like Mm -hmm. and read and get that sort of yeah like baseline almost baseline self-education about the entrepreneurial world which is why i launched blow it up blow it up book but i think that once you've got that it's then kind of you're then trying to create your own personal brand right so you can't copy gary Vee, which you mentioned you can't copy copy him you can't because it's not going to work no yeah and you can't copy rogan you can't copy seth go you, you gotta you gotta think about it in a way as like a like a musician would or a well especially a musician like what kind yeah. of what kind of music is out there how do we cut through the noise like what what is our differentiator what will make people say okay that guy's different that guy specializes in that area or he's in a very popular area but he's he's the best at it because of this. And he's, he does, you know, he does something different. I mean, in pot, like in podcast, I don't want a podcast, but in podcasting, it's, it's kind of challenging, but like how to, how to sort of differentiate. But I, I was listening to one yesterday called the last days of August. And it's this British guy. And he is talking about how the kind of porn industry started and how Pornhub started. It's like fascinating, <laughs> yeah. really, really fascinating. And, but there's this really, really good music that is kind of selected and put into these episodes to just add this drama as he's traveling around the world, learning about this butterfly effect and, and how this whole world is, 
kind of come up and it's like super fascinating. So that like just listening to the way that music was using that was very interesting. And then you've got, you kind of got to flip it, you know, flip it around. I was watching homecoming the other night and I didn't realize this, but it started out as a podcast. Oh, wow. So you come up, you, you again, come up with something that could potentially be adapted yeah. into a movie, into a show, into, you know, I don't know, like theater. Yeah, you could. Yeah. That's, and that's the other thing too, is I feel like, you know, people think there's like a limited finite amount of stuff out there, right? Like, Oh, we can only have so many bands. We can only have so much business. We can only have so much podcasting, but I'm like, I'm of the opposite thought. I'm like, there's enough for everyone to go get some. There's enough for all of us to go get into that creative space, do something you want to do, be happy. Like there's plenty out there. And I think people, it's like we live like there's a finite amount. Yes. And I think if you, if you look, especially at, uh, at podcasting, there's so many free tools to be able to broadcast. Mm. <coughs> Excuse me. And that's just the most amazing thing. Cause if you think say 20 years ago, it would be radio. Yeah. <laughs> really it would be, yeah. <laughs> kind of in a full circle here. Like everyone's done radio and then gone back to it. Yeah. Um, but it's, but you, yeah, you need like a studio, you need the, the sound desks, you need, uh, mics, you know, that happens. And so on. like the, when I was doing sound recording, I don't know, 20 odd years ago, that was, that was expensive. Like every, oh, all yeah. the equipment was really, really expensive. And then you've got the commercial lease on the, on the studio and so on. So, you know, this, and the soundproofing alone could be like thousands of dollars. So it's, but now like, yeah, we're, we're so, we're in an amazingly kind of privileged position that we can be doing like what doing what we're doing now is like for, for essentially free. Like we're using zoom, which is free. We're using, I think, Podbean, I think it's free. Free. You know, Anchor Amon is free. Audacity is free. Audacity is free. There you go. So there's all these kind of tools that there's free tools. And then, so the chance like to go from, let's say to go from free to successful, that's, that, that's, it's amazing, isn't it? Cause you have, oh, yeah. cause your startup cost is, is very low. Oh, it's so low. To, you know, starting a radio station back in the day. Yeah. It's more even, you know, for what we're doing now, it's, it's more just energy. That's the cost It's just time and energy. How much do you want to sink into it? Because like you said, like, even when I started, I was like, yeah, I, I used a uh, voice meter um, to use my mics and to adjust levels. And that's a free thing. Audacity was free. Podbean was free. All this free stuff. I put a little bit of money into some mics and some other things. And it was like the main cost was going to be time and energy. And I didn't care about that because this is what I love, you know? So it, it's great sitting down and thinking of these different ideas and then kind of trying to bring them to fruition. You, you hit on energy there. That, that is, I, I would say, especially with, I mean, obviously we're doing, um, we've, we're recording the, the video as well, but let's say on, on a podcast that, you know, you're having to kind of convey sort of everything through your voice and yep. You've got to you've got to have the energy, yeah. because if you if you don't, you haven't got the visuals to accompany it necessarily. And I mean, you you've probably done it, like you know, put on a podcast and within seconds just kind of gone next one because there's so many podcasts out there. So if you haven't got that energy or, or sort of intrigue baked into what you're doing, then forget it. Yeah, and I think yeah. it's it's so important. It's so important to have that because. Again, a lot of people, what will happen is a lot of people will start episode, like episode one, they're up here, right? Episode two, they're here. Episode three, episode four, and five, and no. flat lying it. Yeah. You know, maybe you've got three. So just to keep that going and keep the faith and keep that energy level high, that's, that's a discipline. That comes back, you, you, you hit on it before, it's, it's mindset, like working on your mindset daily, working on being positive. How do you get positive? positive how do you is it is, does the physical do you have to get physical yep. to be mentally sharp do you know what i mean like what what gets you in that zone and every time you hit record get a guess on you got to be in that zone yeah you got to be sharp you got to be able to to really give it and i thought you brought up a great point because so many people you're up here when you want to start one and you have all these ideas in that first five you got all these i want to do what topic on this and that and this and that well 
people don't realize that they actually don't have as many ideas as they might think they do, you know, because they, they think they have so many because they have four or five. And then as soon as you start putting those out there, well, the bank is empty. You got to fill it back up <coughs> and it's really tough. And, but that's the whole part of the, and that's why, you know, when people tell me like, Oh, it's, it's an oversaturated market. I'm like, not really. Cause a lot of people don't have staying power. You know, there's actually, it's a much smaller pool of people with staying power. And I'd still don't even look at it as competition. Cause I don't, I would never see, you know, like my podcast competing with yours or yours competing with someone else. There's so many different flavors of ice cream. You know, there's so many different types of music. There's so much different variety. Every human is just totally different in what their taste and varies are. And, and so there's enough, it goes back to me saying there's plenty for all of us, you know, it's not even a competition, you know? Agreed. Yeah. Um, so, you know, one thing that uh, we like to talk about on this podcast is we always like to highlight, you know, like good men, we're trying to promote, you know, good, strong male voices and stuff. And, um, and not that, you know, we have, we've had a lot of females on too, but we just feel like there's not as much of a, niche and voice for strong male role models leadership and so i definitely want everyone who's watching or listening to this to to know that you know david here he's he's a he's a good man he's a good ro male role model he's working in the business world he just wants to help you build your business build your brand you know i'm sure if anyone here can can message you right on instagram or email and you'll get back to him it sounds like you're the type of person to get back to those people and engage with them in a productive way yeah, for sure. So, so I'm very active on Twitter at the moment. Okay. Uh, my, my Twitter handle is at David J. Lowe, L-O-W-E. And the, I, guess, I guess if you wanted to go back and sort of look at, let's say, the percentage of, of replies, mm. you know, it's like, for me, it's 100%. Oh, so it's kind of like, try and, try and find someone I haven't replied to. So, and, and that's like one of those numbers, especially on Twitter, it's one of those numbers that I, that want to, I don't want it to change. Nice. So, and where else can people uh, find you? I'm on Instagram at English Dave. And then I'm on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash DLO playbook. My website is DLO playbook.com. And that's where you'll find everything. All the social links, podcast, um, book is on there. My blog is on there as well, which I don't really kind of bring up that much, but it's, it might be useful for, for entrepreneurs because I'll do a lot of kind of lists, you know, like infographics. Um, if startup founders are looking to learn, you know, what works from other founders, I'll kind of write about that. And I'm also on Medium as well, medium.com forward slash at David J. Lowe. And mm -hmm. then there's a YouTube channel I'm trying to, I'm trying to grow as well. David, David J. Lowe 79 on there nice and where can people buy your book it's on amazon at the moment amazon and kindle so Perfect. if you search for if you just search for blow it up and and david low it'll come up it's available as uh as paperback i'll throw this in one more time i think we're on video uh it's available nice. as um paperback and as an ebook and the audio book will be coming fairly soon awesome next um, six months and kind of as a, as we wrap it up here, um, what would your advice be? It's kind of a big question, but what's your advice to the younger, we mentioned college age. So whether that be that age where you're in college, you're coming out of college, you're deciding if you should go, let's say you're 18 and you're like, Hey, I don't really want to go to college. Like what's your advice to young people? About going to college. About college or, you know, kind of choosing that path you know, do I, do I work? Do I go to college or, you know, what would your just advice be like about how they should reflect on that moment? Well, I would say that if they're, if they're going to get experience, try and get experience from people that they admire and respect versus just taking any job and just mm. don't just chase the money. Like go try and go for the right leadership because that's going to filter down to the whole company. So that would be, I guess, the first advice. And there's no, there's no harm in getting work experience, you know, because yeah. then, then you can, you can see it from both sides. You know, a lot, like some entrepreneurs have never worked for people. Sure. But then there's other people who've never worked for themselves. So it's always best to see both sides, you know, while you're working, you can, you know, you're learning. And then in every spare minute, 
be be self-educating um that's that's like the the biggest thing like the biggest thing for me was the internet like being able to just go online and find anything i wanted yeah just you know second within seconds i could find anything about startups anything about incorporating company anything about state laws and whatever where i'm yeah. practicing business you know all these kind of things and then the you know blog posts about best e-commerce platform to use it's there like it's all online it's just a case of filtering you know the information it's amazing like we we we're, it's the 2020s like i know we're, we're in the middle of a pandemic but it's yeah. it's the best you know as we go as we continue to go forward like whatever day it is today is the best day in the history of time and it's to be true. an entrepreneur that's yeah. how i feel yeah there's and there's plenty to go get for everyone Exactly. Well, hey, David, this was uh, this was a super productive uh, hour conversation. I really appreciate you taking time out of your day to to work in and come onto our podcast to give people that kind of perspective and, and knowledge, and to be able to share what you're doing in your book with with our audience and and with us specifically. Because I know I'm gonna uh, get a copy and read it too, and share that with with our people. Well, listen, I appreciate being on the show. I appreciate the allowing me to shout out the book and just what I'm working on, and, and just you know. If, if I can help you or your listeners in any, in any way, let me know, uh, reach out, say hi. Yeah, man. I I'm looking forward to it. Uh, definitely. I, I think our paths will cross again. <laughs> they better. <laughs> yeah, they better. I know. Right. <laughs> I'll get you on, I'll get you on the blow it up podcast. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> that sounds awesome. Deal. All right. All right. All right everybody. Uh, thank you for tuning in and have a good day.